Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. It is good to be here with you. And running the boards is me, because what? Joey Dees is, quote unquote, on assignment. Oh, he's getting drunk in Vegas. Let's be honest. <laughs> I wasn't going to sell him out, but I'm glad you're here to do yeah, so. Yeah, I'm his father. I'll tell the <laughs> truth about that little drunken Vegasite. On today's show, we will uh, get some words from Seth Rogen about the preacher and the boys. We've got some really terrible Spider-Man news. Yeah! Some really no. good Matrix news. Yeah! I'll talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More! Just BJ Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, radio.com and iTunes for other ways to listen. So many ways to listen so to us. And leave comments. Ways. Yeah, leave reviews. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please. That would be very um, um, very nice. Well, we'll read your reviews, and yeah. even if it's like a four and a half or whatever, and we'll read them, and if they're mean, we will call you a bad person. <laughs> we'll say you're a poopy head. <laughs> you are a poopy head. Yes. Uh, can we just not ever use poopy head again? I like it. <laughs> Do you it's, really? It's a great way to let someone know you care. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um Hey, guys, did hey. you know that uh, Preacher's still around? Of course you did, yeah. because Dude, we've been talking about uh, it. Let me tell you something. Preacher is rocking it this season. I, I'm, it's the final season. I'm so happy. Uh, the last episode I watched was such a great epic situation. Uh, Cassidy, you know, uh, is just doing such a the, the old vamp boy. Mm-hmm. It's been a great season for him. Let me just say, an amazing season for Cassidy. We are seeing more of God going up against Jesse. It's now, so God's pissed at Jesse, and they're going at each other. Kind of makes sense. And you would think God has the power uh, to really, like, just say, okay, I'm going to end this guy, but he doesn't, so I'm really curious as to why. Probably the Genesis. And also, we have <laughs> we have a guest, a special guest appearance from the man himself, who is a representative of heaven. The Son of God himself makes an appearance on the show. Really? And it was such a great episode. I Not mean, just uh, uh, What's-His-Nuts? Well, Humperdue, it's the same actor, but we get to see... <laughs> Humperdue is the, is, if you will, the son of the son of the son of the son of the son yeah, of the son. Yeah, yeah, You know, really, the ancestral product and what will happen. Mm-hmm. But I guess <laughs> J.C. is still, you know, you know how uh, you, know, you had the devil in hell. Yeah. J.C. was kind of like the guy running heaven, you know, for God. Uh, and oh. so we got to see JC show up, Man, and I he need and to catch up with this damn show. Yeah, and so he and Tulip have a great interaction, and the and the previews for the next episode where JC decides to go on the road with <laughs> Cass and Tulip. Oh no, dude. This show's so wrong and so great. I love Preacher. It's on AMC. Uh, recently on the main show, we had a chance to talk with Seth Rogen, the executive producer of both The Boys and Preacher. Yes. Because he has a movie, another one that he's been executive producing, called Good Boys. Yeah, if you love Super Bad, you're going to love Good Boys. Yeah, yeah and you really we, are. We had a chance to talk to him, and then you were able to gush with him about both these shows, and well, I wanted to play a little bit about that. Oh, definitely. It's Because if, if people don't know, Seth Rogen, huge geek, loves loves comics. 
We had you on the show some years ago, and, and, and you and I geeked out about comic books, and I talked to you, and I said, hey, man, if you could, what would you love to do? And I can't believe you made both your dreams come true as you brought Preacher and Boys, the boys, to the TV screen. I still can't believe it. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts, and Preacher in their last season. I mean, how are you feeling that you made this all happen? Um, it's really exciting, um, and uh, yeah, it's really something I'm very proud of, um, and there's... Yeah, between Preacher and, and The Boys, which is uh, very, very, very successful, it seems. Um, it's it's just, I mean, as a comic book fan, honestly, the coolest thing is to just take these things that not a ton of people are aware of and and kind of bring them to the world in a way that everyone can appreciate them. You know, not everyone goes into comic book stores and seeks out <laughs> these little stories, but, um, you know, to be able to to bring them to the masses has been very, you know, gratifying. It's really cool that he's been able to do that too. And I just want him to do more stuff. I want him to read more comics and find more of those hidden gems. I mean, we've known about the boys for a long time. We've known about preacher for a long time, but like he said, the masses don't. Yeah. We ran out of time because he had such a strict schedule. Uh, Cause I, that was going to be the next question was like, okay, Seth, what are you eyeing? Is there something that we should be reading? Or do you go, I want to make this into a series. I also wanted to, I didn't have enough time, but I wanted to bring up Outer Darkness. I would love Seth Rogen to take yeah. a shot. John Layman, it, 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 his book hasn't got enough issues yet, but I would think after two, three years of what Layman will bring to Outer Darkness, which is a space space crossing over of sci-fi and horror, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and to have Seth Rogen. So cool. I don't know what Layman thinks of uh, what Seth has done for the boys and what he's done for Preacher, but I love what he's done. And man, I would love to see Outer Darkness with uh, with Seth, uh, you know, and Evans touch on that. I'd love that. I would too. I really would. Uh, moving on from that, we have some terrible, terrible news. No, Spider Man's parents are fighting, and we don't know what's going to happen. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man can't do what we want MCU to do with Spider Man. Maybe out of the MCU. Money. It's all about the damn greens. It really is. So if you don't know, uh, Marvel doesn't own the film rights to the character. Sony no. does. But several years ago, the two studios made a deal to share Spider-Man so that they can make him a part of the MCU. And, I mean, literally, he's the one of the biggest parts of it in the recent years. Uh, everything is really focusing around him being the new Tony Stark in a lot of in, in, in so many ways. And even Spider-Man Far From Home really paralleled Tony's uh, first Iron Man movie in the, the way Spider-Man can. So it was like, instead of saying, I am Spider-Man, he was outed at the very end of it by Mysterio. There's a lot of different ways that this went about, but it was still, he's a central part of phase four. Mm-hmm. And now uh, the companies are fighting. And we finally got J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Played by J.K. Simmons yeah, again, uh, which was perfect. I know. And you'd be thinking that whatever new Avengers movie that would come out, it would have to have Spider-Man in yeah. it. But if they don't get along, and the, the deal is simple. I don't know how much uh, actually... Uh, Marvel got to get from uh, the Spider-Man movies? Was it like 1%? No, it was 5%. 5%. But they had 100% of all merchandising. Disney, in its infinite wisdom, decided to come back with Sony, who was okay with that deal, and said, we now want 50% because we're important and we own everything. So would they be paying for it? That's the thing. And that was the thing, is that Sony paid for all of the production. 
And now Sony's like, nah, we're cool. Let's go back to the old deal. And Marvel's like, no, we just won't do this. So it, I, I'm really hoping that this is just a bunch of like bravado and showboating. And yeah, what are hopefully they, they can come to a deal. They got to have Spider-Man lead the Avengers because if everybody else is gone, I mean, I don't know how, you know, a, a female Thor is going to be. And I don't know if people are going to love her as much as we would love an Iron Man or a Captain America. But obviously, no Robert Downey Jr. and no Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland is a guy that we love and we might start loving those other characters but they'll be fresh and new what will you know what will the avengers be without somebody we love to anchor us to these new people which i thought was going to be tom holland spider-man and one of the things that i thought about especially looking at the uh the watching the last movie far from home was that it was setting up uh for the smaller spider-man movies it would be the sinister six coming together because we've seen a lot of those coming out and then the big one being secret wars uh, being like the be- like the infinite uh, the infinity saga sort of thing on that yeah which it should be I think that would be a fantastic yeah. one but now everything is all messed up and now we don't know how we're gonna get it because Spider Man plays an integral part of all of that yeah he does mm. uh, so it, it, we'll we'll see if perhaps maybe Sony can go come back because usually when there's a negotiation yeah. I mean obviously five percent is the starting point for Sony and fifty percent is the starting point for Disney you know in the <laughs> middle it's twenty five ish. And maybe that's all there is to it is that 25% Sony will go, all right, well, we know that if you make a really, really good movie, we'll get a lot of repeat viewings and make more money than if we try to do it by ourselves and give you Andrew Garfield quality, uh, <laughs> which, you know, I, I, I haven't even bought them. I know I know how bad both those movies were. And the first, Andrew Garfield was okay. The second one was horrid. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. own either one, yet I own... Homecoming, Far From Home, and the first two Sam Raimi's. No, actually, I bought. I, I have the third one only because it was in a three-pack of a Blu-ray. <laughs> so the reason I got it. So you do have Dancing uh, Dancing Peter Parker. I do. And I think that if you're Sony, it's like you do the math and go, how much will repeat viewings get us to be able to throw us over the top? Is it worth giving them, you know, sacrificing mm-hmm. 20% of the, whatever? I don't know. You know, that's for the math idiots. But if you're Marvel, what do you do with your Avengers if you can't have Spider-Man? So who's going to blink first with this is what I, I wonder. All I do, all I hope is that somebody blinks. Yeah. Like, that's all I can really hope Because the on fans that. suffer. Yeah, right? All right. Moving on from that, this is actually very exciting news for me. A fourth Matrix movie is happening. Yes. And Keanu Reeves is back as Neo. Carrie Ann Moss is also returning as Trinity. Uh, no other word on any other cast members yet. But Lana Wachowski is set back to write, direct, and produce and no Lily, right? Uh, I, is she at part this of it? Point we don't know yeah, yet. Okay, uh, but uh, she did co-write, co-direct, and co-direct the original trilogy with her sister Lily Wachowski. Yeah, uh, we don't know. Uh, but it really looks like that uh, Lana is in on this. She says, Many of the ideas Lily and I explored 20 years ago about our reality are even more relevant now. That's really true, especially with the advances in technology. I'm very happy to have these characters back in my life and grateful for another chance to work with my brilliant friends. Now, the first Matrix came out in 1999. That's 20, 20 years ago. I'm so happy they made some announcements because they really it didn't feel like this was a big anniversary, which, of course, it is. Yeah. So I'm happy that there has been a Matrix announcement on this anniversary. Now, when we ended the movie, it was that Agent Smith had incorporated himself into Neo, and then Neo went into back into the code, and that was how they ended up getting rid of the virus known as Agent Smith. Trinity had died before that happened by getting the rebar through the guts and, uh, you know, right on the ship. And so at this point, 
Like I, I've read some fan theories about what they wanted to do, and it's it's funny because they're almost more convoluted than the movies themselves. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, how you would imagine it coming back because they have the Matrix, but it seems that everyone's been given the freedom of choice, both human and machine, in the Matrix. So it's essentially reality at this point. Where do they go from there? Well, it was, if you remember, the architect turned to, and I forget what the mother, he was the father, she was the mother. Oh, yes. And he basically, the Oracle. The Oracle, thank you. And he was like, okay, I'll try it this way. And that seemed to be what I remember from the end of the movie was like, all right, we'll see how this goes. Because the Oracle was always about, dude, we've, you know, you've got to have some random chaos and all this. True. And yeah. you also remember the massive set of screens in the architect's office, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know there have been multiple iterations of Neo. So why wouldn't there be multiple iterations of everybody that's in the Matrix? Meaning that... Maybe there are some that don't die because Trinity is important to the whole Neo situation. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is real no death for a certain amount of programs and the consciousness gets stored. I don't know. But I could see how because of all the Neos that came before, there's no reason to think there would be a Neo that could come after. I mean, I can believe that. Yeah. And I guess that's a good point. I always forget the fact that, and I, I love that you actually brought this up, was the fact that all of those Neos on the screen weren't the Neo that we know. Right. They were the different Neos. And I didn't even realize that until you brought it up recently. And it was in the first movie. That scene where he's first captured by Agent Smith and interrogated. Yeah. You, you, we didn't realize that that wasn't like any governmental agency watching him. And we didn't realize those weren't all the same Neo. Exactly. And that was in the first movie. So the Wachevskis at least knew what they wanted to do, even though people hate the way two and three from a philosophical storytelling yeah, standpoint. Yeah. I love it because I love them a lot. Like the yeah. third movie and whatever it goes. Philo- philosophically. Oh, loved yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it, too. So I'm very excited about and four. Sense eight was such a beautiful, beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful series for two seasons. I, I will go on any adventure the Wachowskis take us, plus mm-hmm. what they've done in their life with how they have basically been able to be the people they want to be now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Wachowskis, in my opinion, have contributed such beautiful art for the betterment of humanity that I I will always watch anything they do. I think the, they have done amazing. They really, really have. And, you know, maybe 100 years from now, people will be talking about them in the same breath that you talk you about a Shakespeare or a Mozart. Hope, yeah. I mean, I, I think they've done some beautiful, beautiful human healing stuff. I really, really do. Moving on from that, we do have Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach to join us. Von Kallenbach. <laughs> I can't give it up completely, but I'm willing to make the adjustment for the one listener. And hopefully that one reviewer will let us know you know, if they like the uh, the new way we give uh, uh, give Gareth his, yeah. his, his please due. give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes. And let us know how much you love the new Gareth von Kallenbach von intro. Kallenbach. And yes, we do have him talking video games. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is S K N R dot net. And I figured since you know Pax West is coming up very soon, let's get some video game news and let's start off with the rumors of the PlayStation Five. I've heard some stuff about it. What do you got, man? Okay, well, of course, important to say this is all rumors at this point. Good point, good what, point. What, what we know is that Sony is going to be at PAX this year, and that's a little bit of news because they set out E3, and we still haven't had word whether or not they're doing the PlayStation Expo this year. They didn't hold their expo last year. There's been no word yet whether they'll do it at the end of the year, although... 
you know, that's something they could announce in September and still sell it out by December, no problem. So here's where we are with it. The general belief is that we're not going to hear a peep on the PlayStation 5. The belief that we're hearing from a couple of sources who been pretty accurate in the past is that they're going to repeat the rollout pattern that they used for the PlayStation 4 in that in February, they will do a live stream event where they will formally announce the new console. Uh, Now they probably won't give us a look at it or the pricing points or anything like that, because as uh, people may remember, that came at E3 in June. So they announced it in February, gave us a look at some of the games playing on it, but we didn't get a look at what it looked like. We didn't get a pricing point. That came during their showcase in June. So this is all assuming that they will return to E3 in June and do a presentation there, or they may just do another showcase of their own at a later date. But either way, the belief is that after they make the February announcement, they will use the gaming conventions uh, to really push it Mm -hmm. and what they're going to do is they're looking at a november 2020 release uh which would put it right up against when we expect microsoft may be putting their new console out interesting and then uh it would be in 2021 that playstation vr 2.0 will come to market but we've been told version 1.0 is going to work on the on the PlayStation 5 just fine. Uh, I've seen some prototypes for what they believe 2.0 will have, and it's supposed to have wireless, so you're not going to have that long cable connecting it to the unit, <laughs> and it supposedly will have a higher resolution and frame rate. But, you know, they understand that people don't want to shell out another three to $400 <laughs> for it, you can use the one you have just fine. That's a good thing to have. I mean, because you look at some of the quote-unquote fad technology items that we've seen in the past where people put a lot into it. The PlayStation Move comes to mind. Also, the Kinect. Uh, With these things, it seems like virtual reality or at least a little bit of an augmented reality, they seem to be the next logical step in gaming. So you want to make sure that people can afford it and they can keep doing it. Exactly. And, you know, the PSVR has become the leading platform for VR gaming now. Uh, No surprise, you know, they've got so many, (laughs) what, they're pushing 100 million consoles, so it was no surprise that the VR would be there. And they've continued to say, we're, you know, we're committed to this format. And I think by coming out even before the PS5 is formally announced and letting it know, yeah, VR is going to be a big part of the 5, as well as your current equipment and the future equipment. It just helps because developers who might be on the fence are sitting there now saying, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start programming for this thing that's a year or two years out because I know mm-hmm. it's not going to be hold on to your PS4 if you want to play it. You can take advantage of the new hardware and go that way. Now, if you don't want to wait until 2020 or you know at least a year at this point, at PAX you're going to be able to play Borderlands 3? Correct. Nice. Yeah, we got a hand. No, it's not going to be an exceptionally long one. We've been told yeah. the one we played at E3 was roughly ten minutes, and you know that was pretty decent because it gives you a look. It lets you play and it moves it along. Because let's be honest, they're expecting a long line, and their whole idea is to get you, you know, to get you a taste of the game and move things along. And let's also remember, it's going to ship very shortly after PAX. Uh, it's like within a couple of weeks after PAX wraps up, oh, nice. the game is coming out. So. You know, it's kind of like if you haven't made up your mind already, um, this, <laughs> you know. Right, if you haven't done it yet, you know, come on. You, you, this is basically to nut you in the right direction or at the very least 
if you've already decided you're getting it, you're not sure when to fan, fan the flames. And so I'm guessing it's going to be a similar build where they'll let you pick one of the new uh, character classes. And essentially, you'll just, you know, if you played any of the Borderlands games, you know what's coming. You're going to take a bunch of yeah, exotic right. weapons. You're going to go through it. Uh, you'll probably get to see a lot more of the destructible terrain and stuff like that that's uh, key. And the one we Ooh. did was a mix of indoor and outdoor. We kind of had to run up on a building and do some outdoor combat. Then we went inside, and then, I, you know, we made it up to the boss when the uh, time allotment ran out for us. But, uh, it, you know, it's there. It's going to be uh, on the floor and playable, so I think uh, it's going to be a big draw. That will be a lot of fun, and I know there has been a lot of people who have uh, either gotten their uh, Borderlands bundles or uh, cracked open their old games to uh, get that hype back going, so that's a good one for that. Uh, finally, we're going to get into the gossip zone here with this one, and uh, some Star Wars backlash? Tell me it's not true, Gareth. Okay, well, this is this is, this is is what we call the worst possible case scenario. Oh, no. Uh, apparently... Uh, the other day, uh, Respawn, who are the creators of Jedi Fallen Order, who also are founded by the people, uh, by founders of Infinity Ward, who did the Call of Duty series. We yes. all know they did Titanfall. They also did Apex Legends. Well, apparently, as you know, Apex Legends launched huge, and then it came out that parent company was paying streamers huge amounts of money to stream the game. Once they stopped doing that, the numbers dropped off. And then, of course, the inevitable paid DLC started coming out and the paid content and the loot boxes and all the things that are such a buzzword in yeah. um, today's gaming community. Well, apparently there was the, uh, some of the people from Respawn went on to a Reddit chat to meet with some people about the new loot boxes, the new add-ons, let's just call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't go well. They weren't happy there. I guess there were some really high-priced ones. And essentially, uh, apparently one of the Respawn people called them dicks. And there were a few other choice phrases thrown around. And so people are basically saying, oh, yeah, well, take your damn Apex Legend DLC and shove it. (laughs) And there have been people speculating that, you know, you had basically a developer. Now, admittedly, some employees uh, were calling out members of the gaming community for simply voicing concerns about one of their current games and the add-ons and the price of said add-ons, there are some that say, we hope this doesn't become a backlash to uh, Jedi Fallen Order because, let's be honest, it is an EA-released game. EA has already had a reputation uh, tarnished through DLC add-ons, games coming to market before they were ready, so on and so forth. And so everybody was saying, oh, well, Respawn's good. Respawn gets games out, and they're good quality games. And now the whole specter of the DLC is coming up and the add-ons and the loot boxes. And then when people tried to voice their displeasure, they were called some names. And they <laughs> you feel can't that do essentially, that, man. <laughs> yeah, they're essentially feeling, oh, you're abusing us. So, uh, okay, we're going to show you what we think of this, and we're not going to buy your new game. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the that's the one way that people can, uh, you know, get, I, I don't want to say get back at the companies, but they can voice their displeasure by not paying for the games. And uh, unfortunately, if it gets to that, they're going to find out in a hard way. And it's a tough pill to swallow on that one. Thank you so yeah, much. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you exactly. so much, Gareth. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach at Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Get video game news, movie news, so much more. I know that there's a video that is out there for MK11 that you've posted. People can find that and more at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care.
Now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Uh, movies is what's going on this oh, weekend. Oh yeah. And uh, I think you might as well just stay home. Oh, oh no, really? really? Nothing? Nothing going uh, on? I never realized. Okay, this is how dumb I am. I never realized this is the third movie of three movies. Angel has fallen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, Olympus, Olympus has, has fallen, fallen and London has fallen. Yeah. For some reason I thought Olympus has fallen and London has fallen were just two different movies cuz I never watched either. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make that connection either. It's it, just sometimes movie titles are very similar to each other and they're similar premises. I'm like, oh, "Okay, whatever." And uh this is the Gerard Butler. He's playing like the CIA agent or something along mm. those lines. Have they released a movie a year with this character? Uh, uh, I don't know no. if it's been a year. It's like every 2 years or 3 oh, years. Wow. Okay. So Olympus Has Fallen came out in 2013, right. and that oh, wow, only okay. got 49% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Then uh, London Has Fallen came out in 2016, right. oh, okay. uh, every and three that years. got 26%. Oh. I mean, <laughs> funny it, enough, so far, as of now, it's getting the best at 50%. So they must be making money off these movies to make them again. I mean, it's Morgan Freeman and Gerard Butler. Yeah, I remember that, because, oh, that's the one where he's he's framed because he's supposed to protect the president, but then yeah. they end up framing him. Yeah, so it sounds uh. like maybe the president is not going to make it through uh, the opening scene or act. I mean, in this movie, I mean, obviously, Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, Jada Pickett-Smith's also in this, Tim Blake Nelson, Nick Nolte. Oh, Nick Nolte. I haven't Nolte. heard him in a while. Nick wow. Nolte. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> If you like the first two, then I have a feeling you'll like this one, just because they all well, seem of like the same. Well, of course you would. I mean, it's it's the same stuff, and it's okay. it's rated higher than the last two. So, so if you, far, yeah, if you liked them, yeah. How okay. many reviews? Yeah, that's a half a review. Yeah, like three and many. a half. Yeah, yeah, just a couple uh, of them. Fifty-eight. Just goes to oh, show you, right. it, it has to have made some money somewhere within the the amount of money that they paid to make it, because the third one, you'd think by number two they'd be like, okay, we're done. If it didn't do anything, yeah. It's yeah, funny, that's a good point. Because I started thinking, I'm like, Gerard Butler really came into the scene with 300. That mm-hmm. was like his thing. And it was cheesy as all hell, but that's why it was good. It was bloody. It was different. It was beautifully done, though. It was it really was. nicely done. It was. And the second one uh, wasn't that great either, but I still ended up watching the entire thing yeah, the other in, day when it was on. It was. I saw it in theaters. Oh, um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen the second one. The funny thing is, I'm looking at his highest rated movies. Okay. I mean, Mrs. Brown, I don't know what the hell that is. He was in a... Carolinus or whatever. I don't know. But his two other highest rated movies are How to Train a Dragon and How to Train a Dragon 2. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's because of him. No, but I mean, I loved him as stoic. Okay. Uh, He was great. He's a good voice. I'm like, we need to find you. Like, Gerard, like, you've had some really cool hits and then. Yeah, Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, he, so. he, he may be more successful uh, across the pond than with us. It's true. It's a good point on yeah. those because if you look at uh, some of the box office returns on those, there's a lot of movies that do eh, all right in the U.S., but they make massive bank uh, worldwide. I'm thinking of World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made a ton of money in China and some other places. I still haven't seen that movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't you don't have really to? necessarily okay. need to. I mean, if you really love World of Warcraft or the Warcraft lore, mm-hmm. You, you'll have some fun with it, and it's beautiful. Like, the CG in it is just fantastic. But, I mean, yeah, you can get it at home, so maybe for free at this point. So yeah. maybe that's how Free's it's worth doing it. Yeah, I feel like he, he's he got, like, three modes. He's got voice acting for kids' movies. He's right. got, like, strong, muscly type, and then he's got rom-com. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a... He's 
cutting it up in the old rom-coms. And in, Euro- and in Europe, he's probably a lot more successful than he is here just because he's, I think he's a European actor, isn't he? Oh, he might he's be. He's British, I think. Yeah. Yeah, close. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. So I think that, you know, by American standards, sure, but by his own oh, country. Oh, Scottish. Scottish. Ooh, oh, yeah. all right. Even still Europe. So yeah, I, he's a UK boy. I think what I would love to see him do more is because he's got a very, very awesome voice. More voice, like get us like a reg- be a regular in a TV series, like animated. Oh yeah, in one of the animated. Well, you got to pay that man his money. <laughs> well, sure yes. getting, I'm sure he's getting some good cash. There is one movie that is actually certified fresh, but I don't really know anything about it. Oh, what's Maybe that? Maybe you guys do. Ready or not? I don't know anything about uh, it. It's getting 90 percent of Rotten Extreme Tomatoes with an 80, 81 percent. Yeah. <laughs> it says it's smart, submersive, and darkly funny. Ready or not is a crowd-pleasing horror film with giddily entertaining bite. Ooh. Well, if it's a horror film, then that deserves a mention on this fine podcast. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it says uh, Ready or Not follows a young bride as she joins her, her new husband's rich, eccentric family uh, in a time-honored tradition that turns into a lethal game with everyone oh, fighting for the survival. Oh, this actually does sound I've like hide previews for this. Murder, I, hide, and seek? Yeah, uh, I think I've seen previews for this. It does look eerie and nuts. Oh, and, and like you know, she it's like, you, it's like she doesn't realize the family she's getting into, and you're like, oh, my God, get out, run, girl, run. Uh, Samara <laughs> Weaving is the main uh, actress in this, and she actually has, in some of the shots, I thought it was Margot Robbie. Oh, because she, she looks very similar. Is she any relation to Hugo? I wonder. Samara Weaving. I have no idea. I mean, how um, many people named Weaving out there that I've heard of? Mm. All right. Uh, he, Adam. He's old enough to have a kid. I'll have to look maybe. that up. Adam Brody is also in this, and last time we saw him was in Shazam. Shazam. He played the adult version of one of the kids. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Andy McDowell's also in this. Oh, wow. I haven't heard from her in forever. Right? Yeah, it's been right? a hot minute. So yeah, really, those are the only ones that are. Worth seeing everything else. Jacob's Ladder's 14%. Oh, no, really? Which is funny, because I think it said Michael Bay. Uh, oh, no, Ma- uh, Michael Ely. Oh, okay. It's like, if it was Michael Bay, that means just Jacob's Ladder full of explosions. Right. I don't necessarily think we need to do that. Michael Ely, I think, was in uh, Almost Human or one of those shows so ah, that didn't last very long. But. Yeah. So maybe it's a uh, stay home and uh, watch some Netflix stuff. There's a lot of things uh, out there right now. Turns out she is the niece of Hugo Weaving and Anna Weaving, so she is related. She is related to Mr. Anderson. (laughs) That's Agent Smith. (laughs) The only only movie you should go check out this weekend, and until next time, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.